Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Fit for Success podcast. Brian Semling is an experienced entrepreneur with over 25 years in business. He is the founder and CEO of Blitz Innovation. He has built several brands such as Brian's Toys, a collectible toy business, to several Amazon FBA brands like Strictly Bricks and Clever Creations. His latest adventure is Rovox, a modern athleisure footwear brand which can be found at rovoxfootwear.com. On the podcast, Brian will talk with other entrepreneurs and social media influencers about their entrepreneurial journey, from what it takes to start and run a business to how they may continue to grow their brands and where they see themselves in their businesses in the future. And now, here's your host, Brian Semling. Welcome to the Fit for Success podcast. I'm Brian Semling. Today, our guest is Paige Roberts, the owner of On Point Performance Neuro Training. Welcome, Paige. Hi, thanks for having me. You're welcome. So, Paige, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and your business and how you got started. Well, um, I grew up in a small mountain town where there was a lot of sports going on. So, really fell in love with sports and went into exercise science and then kind of got drawn into more of the sports psychology aspects of things. And that's where my passion is. And I've been pursuing uh, this business for about 10 years now, um, where I really get the opportunity to help athletes in their struggle around mental health issues or any other types of addictions. And I also get to help people reach their optimal performance. Yeah. So you, it sounds like you get to work with athletes um, and, and sometimes they need help with maybe some issues that they have. Other times they're just looking for optimizing their performance. They're just needing, you know, whatever their A's and they want to get A pluses and you're helping them work through some of those issues. So either way, it sounds like whether you're a, all sorts of athletes can come to you for um, assistance, basically. Yeah. So it's the competitive mental Advantage. So when we talk about like another 10%, that can be the difference between making it on the podium, making it on the team or not. Yep. So when people work with us, it's really refining their fine-tuned motor skills. I use uh, QEEG brain scans to kind of monitor what I'm doing with athletes. I use a lot of neuroscience-based modalities, and I can actually see that an athlete's audio, visual, and physical reaction time increase after they've done some of the mental aspect. So that's huge if a child is... Um, wanting to go on to college, wanting to go on to a national team um, and into that professional sector. Interesting. So you do scans and then based on the results, you can um, you have different training or different programs that they go through to improve their, uh, in essence, their brain, which helps them perform better in their uh, in their sport. Yeah. So the brain is 60 to 80% visual. So uh, many of the techniques I utilize um, manipulate our visual path and strengthen those uh, neural pathways with our eyesight. And that works off of our vestibular area of our brain, which is our kinesthetic awareness. And then obviously ties into the other three senses. 
So it's all really um, sensory based, but it starts with the eyes because they are our primary line of defense, our primary um, seeking, searching when an athlete is playing, essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I use a lot of frequency medicine. So when we look at things like audiovisual entrainments and photobiomodulation, uh, these are actually uh, spectrums of light and sound that um, increase our overall uh, energetic output. And then they can also get an athlete out of that fight, fight, freeze, muscle guarding, um, performance anxiety, sympathetic nervous system state. We knock it back down to the parasympathetic nervous system state, which is flow state. So these things have been proven to do that. There's tons of peer reviewed um, articles on my website around some of this frequency medicine. And there's about 5,500 uh, peer reviewed studies now on the photobiomodulation. Um, it can actually increase an athlete's uh, sports performance by 300% when it comes to uh, gaining muscle and gaining um, you know, quicker than if you didn't utilize the photobiomodulation. Really cool stuff. What ages are people typically, or maybe their parents, if their kids, are they coming to you um, to boost their, you know, in essence, to boost their performance? I mean, is it kids? Is it high school? Um, I know to some extent you work with all ages, but what's kind of the when would you know what when do people come to see you when would you like to see them uh what you know what's kind of the the sweet spot um so in for development yeah yeah first and foremost uh the second that an athlete gets an injury whether it be a concussion or other type of injury we really need to work with them because what happens is our nervous system gets ramped up into that sympathetic nervous system state and we create a homeostasis around that so the kid will never come out of this uh fight fight freeze um, muscle guarding, not being able to utilize their fine two motor skills. So that's the first reason that people would come to someone. Um, and then the other one would be if they are trying to make it to the next level, whatever that looks like. So if you have a, you know, elite swim club, so you have a 10 year old that wants to get on this elite swim club, then we would do some work together. And so, I mean, it's, it's really the whole age range there, but it is just to make it to the next level, whatever that level looks like. And then I would really say in high school, it is so very important for athletes to get this intervention of sports psychology because they're dealing with a lot. If you're talking about an athlete, they're a high performer. So they are typically doing it all. They want to get into college. They want good grades. They have the honor society and all these other clubs. They're trying to manage school sports on top of club sports. It's a lot of stress and pressure. And so really we look at sports and exercise psychology as um, a way that you can prevent having to use other types of negative habitual resourcing behaviors like say um, drugs and alcohol or um, gosh, we, we have a gamut of things that we can do to kind of harm ourselves that even like, you know, eating disorder kind of stuff too. Uh, I see a lot of, um, of the aesthetic kinds of sports, the females end up, uh, you know, restricting food or cutting themselves and all these other things to kind of like take away from that pressure and to get their endorphins rushing in some way. So, you know, I really see in high school, it's so very important. If you want your child to be a high performer, want them to make it to the next level, want them to uh, perform optimally that you get them some sports psychology intervention to just be able to help them manage that stress, stay focused and, um, not kind of, you know, utilize bad coping skills. Yeah. It sounds like, you know, by high school, if not possibly sooner, depending on the the level of, uh, you know, that, that the athlete is at, that high school or sooner is a good time to be working with them because the pressures of high school and then college just compound. And so if they haven't had a chance to work with somebody like you before college, it could be getting to be, they, they could be at risk. Um, they could be down a path of risk 
and not even know it at that point, basically, right? So kind of getting ahead yes. of that is... And the thing about high performers is they are not your ones getting in trouble at school. They're not your ones getting in trouble, per se. They're not the ones that are identified as needing services or needing to speak to a counselor. Right. So kind of miss this population sometimes when we're giving intervention. And then also a lot of athletes won't ask for help because... When we're in a certain state, when our nervous system's in a state, we don't always know that we can feel better, if that makes sense. We kind of forget how we used to feel. Um, and so a lot of times when these kids come in, they don't even realize how it feels to be less stressed. They don't even realize how it feels to be happy again. They've kind of gotten to this ramped up flat effect. I'm busy. I have to keep doing this. I have to keep doing this. And they have kind of uh, lost that essence that they had like, as a child and having fun in the sport and, um, and just essentially having fun. I mean, the hardest thing for me is to see these uh, high schoolers just so stressed out. I mean, they're like a um, 40-year-old business person. You know, they're just, they're so stressed. Um, and then another aspect of things that we kind of look at here is um, we have an epidemic of youth suicide right now. And if we look at that, 50% of the kids who are completing suicide, uh, they have not been diagnosed with mental illness or depression. 50%. They weren't the ones yeah, 50%. Hmm. So that's huge. So again, we're missing this population of these kids that are all or nothing. That's a perfectionist mentality. So they fail a test, they get yelled at by the coach, um, their girlfriend breaks up with them. Um, they're at risk of that all or nothing that I'm bad, bad, bad. I can't go on. I've you know messed things up to no return. And then they complete suicide without even telling anyone hmm. that they're struggling. Um, so that's huge right now, you know, and there and might not have been warning signs ahead of time because they've been doing well. So they yep. start going on a downward path and all of a sudden they don't know how to cope with it because they've been so used to being on an upward path. That is that, is that yeah. the idea? Yeah. And you know, and it's, it's just really sad because these parents go, Oh, I had no idea. And it's like, yeah, because, um, your high performers aren't going to be your ones that are, are getting in trouble and doing all these, um, right. Characteristics that we would say that would be signs. And, and then they'll hide these things from their parents too, because again, their parents are another, um, judge in their arena of their performance. So they won't tell their coaches. They won't tell their parents. Um, maybe they'll let their friends in on it. But again, they don't want to look like um, they are lesser than and that they can't handle it. They would rather um, kill themselves. And this is just, we have to start talking about these things. That's the issue. You know, the number one cause of death of males between 10 and 24 is suicide. That's huge. Like that's more than COVID like going on with kids right now. That's scary. Right. So it should be paid attention to, and that's you and others in your profession are um, helping with that is uh, is great, kind of making bringing awareness to the uh, to the issue. So, you know, and when I started, I started formulating my business ten years ago, and really went off on my own outside of my mentor eight years ago. And man, you know, I was going knocking on doors, talking to all the schools, talking to sports clubs, talking to professional uh, clubs, talking to professional owners. And I was basically getting laughed at at that point in time. You know, like we, we didn't have the trend that we have going on right now, which is amazing with all these professional athletes uh, talking about mental health, the uh, NFL, all the players associations have implemented in uh, mental health services for the high level athletes. We've got the United States Olympic committee has a uh, mental health registry. Now uh, we have pretty much sports sites in every single university. That's fabulous. That was not the case eight years ago. I mean, it was kind of not eight years. Isn't that long. So you've seen a lot of, um, I guess, progress in your field basically. And just kind of how it's um, perceived by yeah. uh, the public. It 
And the funny thing is, is when I first started out, you know, getting a website together, all those types of things, uh, I was Googling around looking for other independent sports sites and there are very few. And then also looking uh, for jobs of that nature. It's just like, well, yeah, I would go work for a university. Don't they have jobs? And no, <laughs> I mean, there'd be like a listing of like two, if that a year, we have a list of like 10 just constantly flowing through that these universities are hiring, that some private sports clubs are hiring. It's amazing. So uh, a lot of really amazing growth. However, what is still um, stressful on me and when I'm working with these kids is that in our high schools, we barely have enough counselors for, um, you know, the overall population, let alone sports sites. And then some of these private development clubs, they are charging these parents a lot of money and they don't have the sports psych intervention. So then they still have to go outside and find that. And I can tell you right now, it's really difficult to get in with a sports psych. It's difficult to get in with a counselor at this point in time. So um, it seems like they're still just kind of missing space that some of these clubs, the schools, we really need to start paying attention to this. If we're having the sports, then we need to have this aspect, just like we had to implement years ago, the athletic trainer, the physical therapy aspect of things that was unheard of, you know, 15 years ago. So um, in youth sports, of course, college was the first kind of college sets the president, you know, and then the, the national sports and then come down to uh, smaller children. So it's kind of interesting how that all uh, starts off and goes. And then also with that too, the concussion identification and treatment, we know that if we do not treat a concussion appropriately, especially with the small kids, uh, they can get permanent brain damage or they can continue to suffer from, um, you know, other mental illness kinds of symptoms uh, throughout their life. And that's really serious. Rovox, where fashion meets fitness. You have, I think you've told me about some um, tests or scans that you're able to do for maybe just in general, but I, I think it, it comes to mind as you're talking about the uh, concussions. So go ahead and just uh, share so, that with us. Yeah, we, we have the Wabi QEG Brain Health Assessment. And so it was developed at Colorado State University or University of Colorado. Sorry. No, yeah, they're rivals. You can't. You can't <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, so Dr. Frank Palermo, um, he was the uh, Avalanche team doc for years and he's still in the boulder area in colorado but they developed this scan so that you can baseline someone's health to see what their overall voltage is uh, to see how much energy is flowing through the brain at uh, any given time as well as the communication between the areas of the brain as well as the audio visual and physical reaction time and that's called the p300 so um we know how long it takes to have a stimulus, uh, either auditory or visual, and for you to actually execute a movement. So you'll hear, hear a ding and you're clicking the mouse. Uh, you'll see um, you know, a pattern and you have to identify as quickly as you can. So that gives us an idea of how healthy the brain is. So they developed this and they started uh, implementing it and they've got quite the lengthy study going on now. I've been utilizing this um, tool for about five years now. So, and they implemented it a couple of years before that, where they're looking at the CU football players and the female soccer players. And they're really trying to show that, hey, let's baseline all of them. And then we're doing uh, measures throughout the season. And even times that they don't have symptoms or think that they have a concussion, we have seen that the brain has been inflamed at a certain point in time when they've seen an athlete head a soccer ball or they went down with a hard tackle. So that's giving us information that 
one, I think we're going to start moving towards having more players on each team so that we can cycle them out more, especially in hockey and football. Um, but it's showing that, you know, you don't even have to have symptoms to have had that contra coup of the brain bouncing around the skull. So when I have someone come to me that's referred from Seattle Children's or something, they've got a concussion, uh, symptoms are not shifting after a month, which is 80% heal after a month and don't have any more symptoms. And so we can scan their brain to kind of see what areas of the brain are not having any communication to see if the voltage is down. So you'll typically see like half the volts, half the amount of energy flowing through their brain because of the inflammation and Mm. lack of blood flow and um, in their reaction time. So we're checking their reaction time. So again, we can actually see (laughs) what's going on with the brain. And then, you know, I really see after uh, about, I see 12 sessions is kind of a sweet spot with concussions and just even an overall health. If I see that the brain has a lower voltage and lower reaction time that gets them back on track. Right. And, and I have an integrative model. I do like a sports psychology, trauma reprocessing, some uh, audio visual entrainment and photobiomodulation. So, um, and then I scan the brain and we see how healthy it is. And then they're ready to go back out there. We really know that if we are treating the brain effectively, we will not uh, potentially develop CTE. You know, that was like the really big fear. Like when I first started my practice, that's right when the NFL was going through their litigation yeah. and all that around CTE. And we know that if we are treating it appropriately, the brain will recover. The brain is really capable of neurogenesis at any um, time, like all the way up until like 80 years old. Um, but it is just, we have to address this effectively. We cannot let an athlete go back out after they've hit their head after, you know, at least three days, because we know it's imminent like brain damage if they hit their head again with when those three days. And so there's been a lot of advancement and improvement with all of that. We've got Dr. Mickey Collins with the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center. He was in that movie Concussion. Alec Baldwin played him, uh, but he's doing some really amazing things. He's a neuropsychologist out there and he's got a really cool integrative model with that. But the number one thing within that integrative model is uh, sports psychology. So you have to go to a therapist, know what to expect, uh, understand what's going on, uh, be assessed. Because when you have a concussion, you're kind of like you're drunk. You don't really know what's going on. Right. You know, you'll, you'll get these uh, individuals in here and they're talking to me. They're kind of slow. They're kind of looking around. They're, they're not aware of it. They don't even realize they're doing right. it. Right. So something that you've uh, said that's encouraging is it sounds like the best. I, I would have maybe tend to thought if you have a concussion, that there isn't a lot you can do other than just rest and wait for your body to heal. And it sounds like that really isn't the case, that there's a, a science and a, um, you know, sort of a, a checklist, if you will, of things that you can go through, that you do go through, that lead at least, it sounds, um, significantly increase the the chances of healing, basically, and uh, and recovering to the point even where that long-term issue of the CT and so forth is... Um, mitigated or, you know, just maybe even eliminated, uh, it sounds like, or largely. So, yeah, it's awesome. So, and there's a Dr. Jeffrey Kuchar, he's the head of the sports concussion wing within the um, American Academy of Neurology. And so they've got quite working with Collins and some other interesting, uh, amazing doctors across the country. They've got some studies going on where they're showing uh, these youth athletes. And I think there's year seven with this study of just showing that, yeah, you know, we, we don't have prolonged effects of this concussion if we're treating it appropriately right away. Sorry to cut you off. There, but that's the important um, takeaway here is these can be treated, um, but we've got to get in to see. Uh, so someone who's got a concussion or is maybe at risk, right? Like they're a soccer football hockey player do they come to uh, a sports psychologist who do they turn to for that first step of 
uh, of help, basically. Well, it's they're not in the emergency room in this case, right? But they're they want to know if they're okay or or you know. So whatever. yeah, and so again, in youth sports, we are not baselining them. You know, we have the King Devex assessment also, and that was the gold standard with the Mayo Clinic, and that they are utilizing with the National Hockey League, and they still utilize with the National Hockey League. So it's just literally timing them and reading numbers on a card to see how quickly they're processing, right? So really, getting a baseline is what's so important, and it is finding someone who is doing those baselining assessments. And as a concussion expert, not every sports psych is a concussion expert. So um, you're just really looking at those uh, specific things if you are in a contact sport. And and I know that in any sport it can happen. Like I've had swimmers hit the bottom of the pool if it was more shallow than what they're used to and they got a concussion. So, you know, it can be any uh, sport. And then I've had soccer players who uh, crash skiing on a weekend ski when they're not even a, you know, athlete of the snow sports, but they just happen to hit their head. Right. so it's really that. But if you look at it, we've got uh, clinical social workers in sports. We've got, um, you know, mental conditioning types of specialists. We've got sports psychology consultants, and then we have sports psychologists. So that's kind of what we're looking at there. Uh, the neuropsychologists that typically work at hospitals and, and some work on their own, that's where you're taking your child after about three months and nothing shifting. You've tried all these other interventions. Um, we know that there could be something else up. And so a neuropsychologist comes into play um, when things are pretty extreme, okay. but they are there and it's about a seven hour test and they really start looking at um, a lot of pieces. So that's all I'll refer on if I'm not getting any results in about three months with someone. And there can just be some other stuff, genetic stuff. You, you never know with some of that going on. And, that, and that's what Dr. Mickey Collins is. And so he really started uh, seeing more of the integrated model and how to really get people out of this post-concussion syndrome. And you mentioned like sitting in a dark room and waiting and stuff. It's so funny because he calls that the oven. You're just baking those symptoms in because your homeostasis is reset. That's your cognitive functioning. That's uh, your vestibular. That's everything. Your reaction time. You are just literally solidifying that as your new set point. So we want to constantly be pushing to symptoms when we're integrating in these treatment modalities. And one of the more cutting edge one is vision therapy. Um, It kind of came on the scene about about five years ago. Also, Um, I go to this big spy big sky athletic and sports medicine uh, conference every year. And that's kind of where the most cutting edge things are being presented. And it's up at a ski resort the week right after um, the Super Bowl. And it's really these uh, university doctors and cutting edge doctors like Kuchar and Collins uh, presenting what they're doing and how they're really helping people before it's kind of became the gold standard. So um, that's where, you know, this vision therapy has been a life changing. I had a couple concussions myself. And so I bought the software and was doing this right eye vision therapy, which it calibrates to your pupils. So you're like blowing up uh, spaceships with your eyes and it's actually training them. Yeah, it's really cool. And I saw that my eyes were still messed up from these concussions that I'd had when I was like 22 and 18. And um, I know, so they were just like, oh my gosh, did you just have a concussion? I'm like, no, the last one was like uh, nine, 10 years ago. So um, I saw that it doesn't auto correct. But when I went through the training myself, it did, it pushed me back to kind of concussion symptoms after years and years. Uh, but it was interesting because uh, I didn't, they kept saying I had astigmatism in my eyes and nope, I just needed a vision therapy for my smooth pursuit because we know the smooth pursuit aspect of our um, eyes are messed up 80% of the time with a concussion. So yeah. So you, and I guess the, the great news is it sounds like you could treat this years later, like you said, about 10 years later. Um, now, obviously it'd be better to treat it sooner, but it's still treatable. And it sounds like it was about the same as if you had done it right away is that 
fair? Yeah, it's been interesting because each time one of these things has came on the scene, I'm just doing it because I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to expand on my uh, brain health because that's yeah. what anyone, if anyone went and did vision therapy right now, they would expand on their brain health. And actually the right eye software is utilized in major league baseball. So it is one of the only ways that you can really increase your audiovisual and physical reaction time in that nature. Because again, all your senses are working together. So if you're messing with your eyes, uh, you will increase all of your uh capacity for performance. Interesting. Well, we've covered a lot of good ground today and I know I've learned a lot. I think that our uh, viewers and listeners have learned a lot. Is there anything that um, anything that I haven't asked or covered that you'd like to um, that you'd like to add because uh, there's a lot here. I know we've covered a lot of good stuff and uh, I want to give you a chance to I'm trying to save lives here and I want these kids to not turn to habitual resourcing things. I don't want these kids to struggle. I want them to reach their optimal performance. If your child is having uh, panic attacks or breaking down and crying, not sleeping well, um, showing self-harm or any of those things, get them in with a sports psych right away or even just a counselor if they're not necessarily an athlete um, because just, you know, slight intervention can really change uh, the trajectory greatly. Tell us uh, how that how someone could find you directly as well. What is your, uh, you know, so, how, how might they go about getting in contact with you directly? Yeah, so my uh, website's uh, www.robertsneurotraining.com. And uh, I work all over the world, essentially, with athletes because we do a lot of telework. And then they can also come into my office if we're doing some more of the assessments and that kind of stuff. And I'm in Bellevue, Washington. So, um, yeah. Well, very nice. So, Paige, it's been great having you on the uh, podcast today. Thank you for your time. And uh, I'm Brian Semley, and this is the Fit for Success podcast.